Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Adopting Wellness. I'm Laura. And I'm Katie. And we are back with our first episode in 2024. Woo! I feel like there should be fireworks. Yay, Patrick. You know what to do. Patrick. (laughs) You, Patrick. Speaking of, Patrick is about to be a dad, so wishing him... He sure is. An early congrats to that and sending you all of the good baby sleep, good baby time vibes. <laughs> yeah, what, it was literally two years ago that I went to their wedding and look at him. Look so at him. Look at him now. <laughs> just so grown up. I love uh, it. I actually just talked to Patrick yesterday. So nice. Funny. Big dad energy towards you, Patrick. Big dad energy. <laughs> That's love right. It. Oh my gosh. Yes. <sighs> Laura. Hello. Hello, friend. Hello. It's it's been so long. And it's been too long. Uh it felt really weird not to have my counterpart with me. And I know. Yeah, it's it is a little daunting recording for a very long time. And you're only talking to yourself. Yeah. It's strange. I yeah. can imagine. Yeah. 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 Probably um, not advisable. I'm glad I I personally was glad that you recorded that though because I think there were so many gems in that episode and um you know sometimes we just don't have it to give like for my end (laughs) so we still wanted to put something out there but December November is just sheer chaos so Mm -hmm. um yes over the holiday my son had hand foot and mouth which I would not wish on I don't have enemies, but if I did, I wouldn't wish it on them because it was so sad and awful and um, hard for him. So he's fine, but everyone I know over here was sick for Christmas. So you would think they would have a better name for that. Yeah. But just that alone just sounds awful. It was. I mean, the name of it is like the Coxsackie virus. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> They're both bad. So pick one. <laughs> You know, <laughs> terrible either way. Well, we can't be winners. <laughs> we can't. We can't all have no. have catchy names, I guess. Um, no. Yeah. How was your holidays? Holidays. Holidays were <clears throat> good. Um, lots of family time. Lots of food. I cooked. (laughs) Okay. So as you all know, I don't cook. Right. And every single year, my extended family always has basically a potluck because there's just so many of us and we have it in a school gym. It's just, it's a lot of people. So everyone has to bring something. My family always brings a side dish, I believe. And for probably way too long, I have always just picked up something, whether it's a fruit tray, which is not really a side dish, or I, my favorite is going to KFC and getting their coleslaw because their coleslaw is amazing. It's really good. Yeah. It's so I don't know good. why it's so good, but it's really good. It's so good. So usually I just pick something up on the way. 
And this year I made, I just got this idea. I was like, oh, I think I could do this. Like I didn't plan for it. I didn't really, I looked for a recipe, but I felt like surely I don't need a, a recipe. And I just did roasted potatoes. I don't remember if I put onions in it and what else? I don't know. I just said roasted potatoes. They ended up being a hit. It was really nice. nice. I, was, I know. I know. I felt really proud. Um, Let's not say just roasted potatoes, okay? Because that's, we don't need to minimize it. It sounds amazing. I would eat that. Oh, well, I guess, well, yes. Yes. So I felt proud of that. Um, other than that, I mean, all very normal, I feel like. How was yours? Other than the illnesses, it was good. We had some family visiting, um, which was nice. And my poor son, like he, the day that he got really started getting really sick was Christmas Eve. So that was a really big bummer, I know, because he's two and a half. So it was just like his first Christmas where I feel like he was really aware of what was going on Mm -hmm. and like into it, you know, but there will be many more to come and we're all healthy now, which is all that matters. Um, but it was good. It was, it was a little chaotic with, you know, running a candle business around the holidays. I think it's always going to (laughs) be a little crazy because it's a, it's a big time of year, but, um, it was really fun. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm also, I don't know about anybody else, but when like the new year hits, there's, I'm, I also am just relieved that it's over sometimes Mm. you know Mm -hmm. so yeah huh what were like two or three takeaways from 2023 good question um I think the first biggest one would be um and this is a lesson that I'm still obviously learning um it's literally impossible to do everything by yourself. You can't Mm. do it. And I'm so stubborn. And so like, I, I have that adoptee thing that so many of us have where we are, we become staunchly independent because we fear so deeply relying on other people and have had real experiences where that has not been, that has not happened where we can do that. Um, that I'm just, you know, I, I try to do it all and Mm -hmm. it's not possible to do that. And that's not a detriment to my ability. I think it's easy to like hear something like that and, and think, well, it's just cause you're not, I mean, and we live in this kind of culture too, right. Where people are like, oh, you're just not being productive enough or you're not, or you're not using your time wisely. And it's like, no, it's, (laughs) it's literally impossible to do everything. You can't do that. Um, so I, I think just like really setting aside the hustle culture mindset, um, and just seeing myself as a human being and not a machine. I, Mm -hmm. I'm like constantly unlearning what I feel like capitalism has just like tried to hammer into me and the rest of us, (laughs) um, that, that that's just not a healthy way to live. And, um, that comes, that brings me to the, probably the second point is that, you know, if, if I can't do everything, I need to be able to ask for help. 
And Hmm. again, something that I am really learning. I'm trying, um, I'm getting better at it. And I think it's a two pronged thing in relationships, right? Like it has to be maybe two prongs, not the right, like bi-directional maybe is a better term because I can't ask for help if I can't trust and rely on the people around me. And so that requires me to have solid relationships around myself. Like, and so for example, my husband who steps up for me every single time, he won't know that I need help until I ask, but I won't ask for help unless I know that he, he's available, you mm-hmm. know, and that he, I, he is trustworthy and he's proven that to me. And I think, you know, as really my relationships grow, um, I think 99% of the people in my life right now prove that to me on a very regular basis. And so it's, then it just becomes like learning how to lean into that trust and really, um, see that as a strengthener on that relationship and not myself as a burden when I need to ask for help all easier Mm -hmm. said than done. But those were my biggest takeaways. Those are so good. Asking for help is so dang hard. And I think because we often have this idea that like we're centering ourselves in a situation that shouldn't be centering ourselves. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I just feel like it's just the total opposite of that. It is. It is. People need to be there for you. And that's a big part of relationships is allowing people to be there for you. And that's really hard for a lot of us, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Sorry, I'm just taking it in. Yeah, yeah. Processing. (laughs) I know. I'm always processing that because it's such a terrifying, visceral experience in the moment. You know, Mm -hmm. like asking for help is one of those things that sounds really nice, but it really requires a lot of like courage and leap this leap of faith, I think that someone will not do what maybe has happened to you in the past where like, and for me, and as an example, like when I've asked for help, it's been used against me in some way. Mm. It's been used to belittle me or, um, make me the problem essentially versus I think seeing what the the you know the gift of asking for help is vulnerability with another human being you know mm-hmm. and vulnerabilities gifts are plentiful and the big one is that belonging piece which i know is so important to everyone yeah yeah i will forever have this memory of in 2021 the worst year of my life as i fondly refer to it as the series of unfortunate events the session i was in the middle of the floor of this new apartment i had just moved into and actually it wasn't the apartment i was moving into it was the apartment i was moving out of and i had random people helping me from my work 
uh, mm-hmm. my old workplace and then I had my parents and I you know that whole year was just hit after hit after hit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I physically was so I, I've never been so shut down in my life uh, emotionally physically in every way and I remember sitting in the middle of the floor thinking I cannot even help the I can't help even my parents who were in their 70s yeah help move my stuff I cannot move from this floor and it was so real and it lasted so long it lasted months but I just don't know what I would have done if they had not helped me. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I would have probably done what I normally do, which is, you know, just barrel through things, but somehow it would have happened. But I don't know. At that point, I've never reached a point like that. I've never gotten close to that again, thankfully. And prior to that, I had never gotten close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the idea of asking for help and just watching it as you literally cannot contribute anything to it and just allowing people to be a part of your life and allowing people to help you. Yeah, it's crazy, the pride. Yeah. And I think also the shame that yep. it creates in mm-hmm. asking for help and like what society has created for us and needing people. Yeah. And I think it's, I think that's, go ahead. No, no, go. I think that's also a huge part for me is not wanting to ever be needy. Yeah. And especially in romantic relationships, we always hear that, but what I've learned as I get older and literally have written down don't be an asshole and I feel like it's very much a uh like it's okay to ask for what you need yeah it's totally acceptable and like no one else will be able to help you no one will be able to help you if you don't actually say it out loud right and that's one of the things that I've grown into as I got older is no it's totally okay that I ask for this it's not it's not because I'm needy it's because Mm -hmm. I'm a human Mm -hmm. and I'm an individual and what someone else needs is different than what I need and if you can't provide that for me that's okay but (laughs) romantically we probably won't have we probably won't work out Yeah. I mean, and I think there's, there are so many ways in which we as adoptees have had to survive in the worst case scenario Mm. and had to really be like, figure out how to, how to live when a real, like one of the worst things that can happen to you has already happened from a, for most of us at an extremely young age. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that that gets in my way a lot um as far as like that bootstrap mentality i think almost that has kept me alive and in, in many circumstances really gets in the way when people are just trying to love me for 
the person that I am and the person that I want to be and not someone else's idea of who that is, you know, Mm. Mm -hmm. because the reality is losing your family, regardless of the circumstances is awful. And you don't have to be okay. Like it's normal to not be okay. Um, and the fact that we've been expected and had to survive, um, by being really, I think in a lot, for a lot of us, someone else, you know, it's just, it doesn't, it, it, it's impossible for me to feel true, genuine love and connection with other people. If I can't just like drop it, you know, and just like, honestly, Katie, like I was thinking about it. Have I ever had a moment where I've lied in the late been laying there on the floor and other people have, I've allowed other people to come and help me. I think I have metaphorically speaking, probably not literally, but metaphorically speaking. Yes. Um, but it, I almost think it wasn't a choice at all. You know, it's like we have to get to that point where it's like you don't have a choice, you know, mm. you're like so broken mm. that. You know, it just has to happen. And I'm just curious, what are the ways that we can build those moments into our lives without having to get down to like that breaking point, you know? Mm. Yeah. So I think like. again don't be an asshole (laughs) I think um there's a way to be able to like for me that's it's not one of my goals to be an asshole but it is Mm -hmm. one of my goals to be able to say what I want to say and mean what I mean in a very direct and socially acceptable way Mm -hmm. of saying it um, in a firm and a confident way. Yeah. And I think that it's a, it's a means of practicing, um, being able, being able to reach out to people. Um, you know, for me, I easily isolate myself, and can go into a a really dark cave and not come out for days. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, I think um, I've gotten in a really healthy habit of being able to either ask, I usually text my mom and I usually say, can Luna and I stay at your all's house tonight? Or can we go do something? Um, And being able to get into a practice of acknowledging that you need to reach out to someone for something and being able to just do it, even though it's really uncomfortable, I think you know, is really valuable before you get into a very crisis situation. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. I don't know. But it's 
so much of it's dependent on the other person, right? Like Mm -hmm. that other person has to meet you in that same way. They have to be willing Mm -hmm. to meet you, I think, and listen to what it is. you. And it may be, you know, especially in terms of relationships, it may be that there's some kind of grievance with something they've done or something that you're not getting that you need that they have to be able to meet you there and really like put the defensiveness and the whatever pride aside and hear you and care enough to be like, okay, like, you know, we're going to figure this out. And unfortunately for most of us that I've talked to, most of the adoptees that I've talked to, they either have, have had some kind of failed reunion experience where they've asked for that from a first family and haven't received that or an adopted parent or family experience or a love, a partner or romantic relationship where that other person has not been available. And everyone has that. I mean, that's part of life. Like not, you know, like you said, it's not, it's not always like a failure of the other person. Sometimes it's just not a match, but I think it's really common for us to have those experiences with the people that are supposed to be able to do that for us. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and that makes it even harder to ask, you know? It is. I mean, yeah, you, you're entrusting and being very, like you said, very vulnerable with someone. Um, and Luna, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And, and, and trying to be vulnerable with someone when you're not really sure what their reaction is going to be. And, Mm -hmm. You know, I just tend to, and this is someone that doesn't really have my guard up most of the time. Yeah. You know, I don't live that way. I know a lot of people do. A lot of Mm -hmm. adoptees do. Yeah. I do not. I, I understand why. I'm just not built that way, but I just have come to accept that people suck. <laughs> Some people suck. <laughs> and, 2024 motto, everybody. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> and and people are going to let you down. And yeah, and it's because they're human. Right. Right. And, you know, I can't expect my mom or or whoever I lean into to always be there for me. They're just right. not always going to have that capacity. Sure. But like consistently, yes. I mean, when I reach out consistently, it's a great thing. Luna, no. Luna, no. <laughs> <gasps> Sorry. You're good. Uh, no. Okay. Um, dear God, what, what, what just happened? Um, when you reach out consistently, like it's a good thing. It's, it's oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I just I think that's why therapy is so good. Mm-hmm. Because I was just talking to someone about this. Like it's so nice to just have this space. Oh. Oh my God. And how just, easily we can get trapped in one way of thinking or one idea. And that one yeah. idea becomes our entire 
like permeates us to the point where no, nothing else is possible or possibly true. You know, like it's just, yeah, it's really easy to get trapped and, and not see a way out. And therapy is so good for just expanding. Like, it's just so nice to have that space, Mm -hmm. that consistent space where you know that you can say whatever it is mm-hmm. and you can feel safe in it. Yeah. And like, it's kind of how I live my life is like, I have people that I care about that I lean into when I need help. And when I need, when I need to ask for it, if they cannot meet that, yeah. Does it hurt? Yes, absolutely. Sure. But I also cannot put 100, like I'm not there what like fully no, present sure. 100% no. of the time no. either no. for other people. So like mm. I need to invest my time in thinking of how do I, how do I continue yeah. down this health journey? Yeah. And part of that is like, I invest in therapy. Right where I know 100% of the time she is going to be there. She is going to show up for me. Yeah. She is going to, you know, talk me through things and be that place that I really need that no one else can really even touch. No, because part of therapy too is like learning how to integrate what it feels like for someone to create space with you in your own body. Right. Like, yes. Like yes. knowing how that feels and like, okay, I can like building trust with a therapist. The idea is that you can take that and like, you know, move that into your life and other relationships, hopefully, you know, know what it, yeah. you know, be able to recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know. Just trying not to be an asshole. Well, I think another thing that happened to me that I, I want to, this really illustrates our point. But I think sometimes wires just get crossed, you know, and like sometimes asking for help is just, it's just a clarification, right? It's not like, you know, it's people can very easily misunderstand or the way the filter through which they're hearing you or experiencing you is obviously not the same as your own filter. And so, Mm -hmm. And, uh, my, my, uh, birth mother and I like kind of had to have a conversation because I think both of us were like tiptoeing around the other, because in a lot of ways we're very similar. And we both assume that we're too much for the other, or we're asking too much, or we're trying to take over or something. And so it was like, I wasn't asking for what I needed because I already assumed that it was too much. She wasn't stepping in because she already assumed whatever she was going to do was too much. And so we were in this like stalemate. And finally, when I just brought up the conversation, it literally was like a 10 minute, like, Oh, haha. well, that's silly. <laughs> and you know what happening yes. inside my head the whole time? I'm like, I I'm terrible. I'm the worst. Like, yeah, of course I'm, she's gonna, you know what? I, all this stuff I was telling myself and none of it was true. Yeah. And if I had just bothered to like temperature check like hey what are we doing months ago like yeah it it would have been fine and I think a lot of times that is my experience when I do have those conversations when I do like ask for it it's so not a big deal it's just a big deal in my own head you know yes yes check-ins are so important yeah um wow I I didn't I didn't realize 
I guess the power of them until last year and just the, um, the, just the power of someone asking you, Mm -hmm. checking in with you, is Mm -hmm. this okay? How did this come off? This is something new. What did you think? It, you know, it, there's so much power to it. And I, yeah. I realized just how much I needed that and um and just how often well m- more so a lack of it for me but just showing me that I need to check in more. I need to be able to say, "Hey, I'm just checking in like and and you know, part of it is that neediness, not wanting to be needy and like am I too much? Is this like weird? Um, but again, trying not to be an asshole, but also like asking for what I need, just checking in, want to make sure that we're okay. Or want to make sure like this situation was not taken out of proportion or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. How important. Man. Yeah, it is. And it, Again, like, like we've been saying, like, you're probably the worst case scenario. Actually, it might not happen, you know? Yeah. But getting your body and your brain to believe that. Yeah. Best of luck. (laughs) You know, (laughs) if you're just trapped in your own little bubble, best of luck. Valid. Yeah. All valid. Yeah. So, okay. What about... For you, you've been sharing some, but did you have another takeaway from this past year? Yeah, um, really similar to what we were just talking about. But um, one of the things that I realized is putting yourself first is not selfish. Mm -hmm. And I think it's this deeply, deeply, deeply ingrained theology from growing up in Christian, very conservative, very uh, evangelical Christian circles of, you know, always puts other people first, um, always serve people. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's, (laughs) to me, there was, there's been this epidemic of mental health in the church because people are realizing, oh, like, if you really do ministry 24-7 and it never stops, that may not be healthy. Yeah, Um, and also those are tools by which people in power have been able to manipulate Manipulate. others, right? And and have a sense of control. Yeah, exactly. So it's been this deeply ingrained idea that, you know, if you put yourself first, then you're being selfish. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that I finally got it through my thick skull that making decisions for myself and not for someone else or for entertaining mm-hmm. someone else or um or listening to someone's opinion, you know, being mm-hmm. in a religious cult of like not being able to make decisions for myself yeah. fully. 
uh, without someone else's opinion, being able to make those decisions for me and saying, no, these are actually really mm. healthy things. And seeing the results of that, which have yeah. been healthy and yeah. healthy and healthy. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's been a really big one, really trying hard to make these decisions and, and fully understand that it is not selfish to put myself first. No. Mm -mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty wild. That's a big shift. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's an unlearning, which unlearning, I think in so many ways is harder than new mm. lessons, you know? Um, I can imagine like trying to just sit with that would be a lot, even just in your body, you know? Like how it feels yeah. to do that. You're like, oh. Yeah, very unfamiliar. It's it's very um <sighs> habitual mm -hmm. to say, oh no, like there's other priorities. And what I realized is there is no bigger priority than yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, don't be an asshole, but yeah, there's a line, right? <laughs> there has to be a line. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you have to take care of yourself. You know, it's, it's like the os oxygen mask yes. in, in the plane. Thing. Yes. You have to be able to take care of yourself in order to help other people. Yeah. I also think like, it's hard for people. I'll just speak for myself. So I think it's hard to trust someone who is so quote unquote selfless that they don't ever have boundaries. They don't ever say no. They don't ever put themselves first. It's really hard to trust that, that you are getting, <clears throat> they're being honest with you, right. Mm -hmm. About, about how they feel or with themselves really, you know? It's hard to feel close to people that always put other people first. Yeah. That's interesting because, you know, examples in my brain all say, yes, they were also like that. <laughs> and and that is interesting. I've never really thought about it, but you're right. Like there is a lack of boundaries. There's lack of, um, of drawing lines in in relationships where they're healthy, unhealthy. Mm -hmm. um, it just didn't matter. It was like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm serving people. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, there there is a lot of that involved. Yeah. It's just like, are you, for me, it's like, okay, do you really want to do this? Are you just doing this because you think I want to do this? So then how do I know that this is what you really want to do? You know, mm. that's mm. like my inner monologue. I feel like, <laughs> like, so do you really like me or do you just have to be nice to me? Which yeah, yeah, to be yeah. honest has been my experience in 99% of Christian churches <laughs> I've ever been to. So I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. It's, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? Oh boy. Yeah. We could do a whole, oh. whole other podcast about and that I'm one. And I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh. It's true. What about for 2024? What do you hope for your, yourself in the new year? I have a couple different plans happening. Um, I really want to hone in on skills. I don't really have skills. I have like not tangible skills. I have very good soft skills. But um, I just signed up for a writing class. Nice. Yeah, for an uh, the adoptee voices. Uh huh. Um, that's their Instagram adoptees underscore voices. Is that what it is? Yes. Um. Yeah. Um. Adoptee led all all adoptee authors. Um, and they're leading a writing class, a six week writing class. And I signed up for that to start in February. That's amazing. Yeah. Like things that, you know, I've been wanting to do and talking about, and I've just not made this to happen. And I, I really don't do well when it's just me and a laptop. I just, yeah, sure. I want something structured. Um, I don't think a lot of people do. I don't, I I think that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Not, not really desirable for me. No. Um, so I, I'm excited about that. And, um, I, and I got a crocheting. I saw that. Is it, I think it's Wooble. Is that what it's called? Yeah. They're so cute looking. Oh my God. They're so, they're like, these little kits made for beginner crocheters. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't have any skill in that whatsoever, but I just thought it would be fun to do. And, you know, it might be something fun for yeah. the future if yeah. I actually enjoy it. Well, you know, I'm obsessed with that. I know. So, <laughs> I know. Um, Happy to and, cheer you on. Yeah. Um, other than that, like, I want to continue to invest in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want to explore different things that, you know, th- there's been a, such a long period of my life where I couldn't even feel excitement or, f- or fun or mm-hmm. joy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think like, going off my antidepressants has been like a kind of like a defrost button. So I've, I don't know kind of how my emotions will react to things that I actually get excited about Yeah. yet, but um, I do want to like continue to explore certain things like I I would like to go outdoors more Mm -hmm. and I don't want to say the word hike because that's like a loaded word as you know but like light walking yeah 
with beautiful scenery in the background. With beautiful scenery in the background. Yeah. That's what I would like with Love my it. dog. Yeah. Um, and you live in a pretty area. There's a lot of that around you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Not like Tahoe, but yeah. Well, Tahoe is just its own little. I feel like I remember world. Pamela Caranova had that. Oh, she still lives. have that. She lives she, in Lexington. Okay, that's it. Lexington that a, is is beautiful. Is beautiful. Okay, got it. It I, really I, is. Listen, I I will tell you one of my goals is I'm going to visit Katie finally because it's going to happen. Um, so we will be doing a uh, Kentucky a based yes podcast episode for sure. Um, but yes, I don't know enough about Kentucky. So I kind of assume, oh, you live in Kentucky must be near where <laughs> I've seen Pamela's beautiful hiking videos and things. <laughs> post. And you're like, no, nope. we're close, though. You're right. OK, no, you're right there. She's only an hour away. OK. Yeah. So you're close. You, OK, you got it. OK. Yeah. All right. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Uh, I'm so excited. I know. I can't wait to come see her. I literally. So my my kid just turned two and a half. So and, you know, my mom lives here. Jake's great. So I don't need to worry about leaving him for a weekend. So I'm just this is one of my goals is to start doing things um outside of motherhood <laughs> that i mm. enjoyed and just making more time for that and not being afraid of things like solo weekend trips and um just really trying to make some more space for myself and not feel guilty for that because while mm. he is older he's still you know they're very mom attached um yeah and yeah um so yeah and we're just gonna, I'm just gonna challenge myself to do more of that. And visiting my friend is one of those steps. So I think it will be lovely. Yay! Yay! And we're both turning 40. Ah! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm actually not scared. I, um, I, I secretly like love the idea of turning 40 because mm. I feel like everything I hear about this phase of life is that you just don't care anymore yeah yeah and I'm so ready to put that down like yes please tell me where to store that is there is there yeah. a storage unit all the 40 year olds go to put their f's in because <laughs> mm. I don't yes. need mine anymore yeah you know yeah I'm sure there's like a bin that says <laughs> asshole it's okay yeah 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 set it down that's my phrase yeah yeah my phrase for 2024 yeah can you elaborate on that? Because you've been saying it a lot. And I feel like every time you say it, I'm like, but I don't think that's you being an asshole. Well, I think that's you. just you be, being a human being. Uh, it's just me being crotchety. That's all. <laughs> um, no, I, I think, yeah, I've gotten to this place where like, sometimes I, I think I overcompensate. Mm. And just at different times. Sure. Not not often, but I think sometimes I overcompensate and I come off as like very, very direct. Mm -hmm. Um, and most of the time, if not all the time, I'm able to catch it and I'm able to like kind of rephrase, reframe. Yeah. To whoever I'm talking to or whatever I'm communicating. Um but I also think like be 
again, because I am also not on antidepressants, I don't have that curb uh, that would often help with like the frustration, anger, you know, it would slow down that process for me. Um, so I think now I'm just more of like a, uh, it's not a knee jerk reaction. Cause I, I think I still process things pretty slowly. Um, but it, it's certainly a, a more heightened, uh, awareness of my emotions. So yeah. I'm just trying to say like, don't be an asshole, Katie. It's okay. Take time. Take, take yeah. the time you need. Yes. And okay. then, and then communicate. Got it. After that. That makes so much sense. I'm really glad I asked you that because God, that's, I, I didn't even think about you've been on antidepressants for a long time. And so oh, like, years having to years relearn some of these like skills. Yes. It's very different. Yeah. People don't realize that people no, don't I've... realize that when you've, when you've been on medication, I mean, I was on Zoloft. So I had been on so many, Yeah, but Zoloft was the one that actually helped. And I've been yeah. on Zoloft for at least four years straight, if yeah. not five years straight. Mm -hmm. And that's a short time compared to a lot of people. So um, yeah, like fully knowing that that is what really gets me now is, is that heightened anger. Um, and yeah, that's what really curbed it. For mm. me. Yeah. That's so interesting. And, uh, yeah, I could see how like getting into that skill set would be easy to like kind of beat the crap out of yourself in the process too. Right. And like, yeah. Like, Why are you doing that? And like, you know, yep. yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I think my other thing is, um, I, uh, this is a little bit different than what I, you know, when we first started this podcast, I came up in here all, you know, I came in real hot and I was like, I'm going to do all this mindfulness and I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to get into this routine. And I, it's so easy for us to say things. And then when life oh, yeah. happens, it's like, what? So I, I really want to rephrase that goal and make it much more about, um, just learning how to be present to what's happening in the moment mm -hmm. is mindfulness, of course, but, mm -hmm. um, it's not as much, it's not as much dependent on me doing like 20 minutes of my, of meditation a day or, you know, it's a lot more like, I think, um, just looking for the opportunities as they're happening. Mm. Um, and it's really interesting. I think since I've had that sh mindset shift, um, ironically enough, when I do try to do any kind of meditation or whatever, it's easier. Hmm. And I don't know why, but it is less like pressure. I, I, I guess. Yeah. And like, I went to a yoga class last weekend. Um, and this girl is, it's a slow flow class. And you would think, oh, nice, chill. Mm -mm. No, <laughs> it is a, it's a butt kicker. It's crazy. Um, 
but but a lot of her class starts with like breath and um and she gives a lot of opportunities for that like she'll cue us a lot in class like don't forget come back to your breath like come back to pay, pay attention to what's mm. happening in your body and it, she's doing this while we're holding a pose for a, like a little bit longer than is normal in a normal yoga class and so it's it's a really good like place to practice that of being present and just like staying in it and last mm-hmm. weekend I had the craziest experience where I just was in this, I was in that like flow state. Like it, it kind of felt like no one could, you know, touch me or like nothing was gonna rock me. It was very interesting. And I think it was because I wasn't in my head the whole time. Like stay focused. What are you doing? Stop doing that. Don't, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't mm-hmm. about punishing and it wasn't, about, and I didn't know what was coming next. So I don't, her class is not the same every time. So I was very much like just in it in the moment. And it's like, Oh, okay. You know, um, that's amazing. It was cool. And I, I just looking for more, even when I'm like having conversations with people, sometimes I'll be like, you know, like small adjustments, like, Oh, wonder what that, I wonder what they meant by that. Or I wonder what, you know what I mean? Like just trying to notice more. I think, um, I just saw the other day, like a, a really big trauma response. that's not talked about a lot is interrupting people. Mm. And I've done that because the neuro, you know, non neurotypical brain that I possess, like makes it feel like the second that I have a thought, if I don't say it, it will go away. Mm-hmm. sometimes that ha- that is true mm-hmm. but um it's also forced me to believe like have almost adopt this like bowl in a china shop mentality sometimes when I interact with people and I'm trying really hard to just be like it's gonna be okay like, you don't have to you know you don't have to force this you don't have to you know you can just be right now yeah and that's been really nice Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Especially in yoga, I can't breathe. I I literally am just in pain Mm -hmm. the whole time. Yeah. Yep. Definitely haven't found that spot yet. No. And and that's listen, that's this is the other piece of it is it's not going to be a thing that comes and stays. It's going to be momentary experience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go to class (laughs) next week and be like, well, what? Where did what happened? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I think that's another, that's another piece of this is like, it's not just like, oh, once you get it, you have it forever. It's just, you know, can you do this today or, you know, Mm. Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's all. Cool. Um, But I think that shift is going to be helpful for me. And I guess it kind of does go along with our 40 year old, like, just, we don't care anymore. Just no. Stop. Can we just stop making resolutions, people? That's my complaint. Mm, I don't yeah. I don't like the word resolution. OK, because it feels like a temporary fleeting. Like it feels like it's based on an emotion and emotions are not permanent, you know? Yeah, I did do a vision board and I, I loved, saw that. I love that it idea. So fun. Yes. Um, my friend Eva, who is also a Korean adoptee. Um, she invited me over and we did a vision board. She's also a teacher. So she, Aww. 
had like all these great magazines that she went to Half Price Books and bought. And um, yeah, like we spent a lot of our time in silence and gluing things. And it was just really fun to kind of revert back to my inner child of like really loving art Mm. and I never really developed it after eighth Mm -hmm. grade but I I took so many art classes um and I often found I think I think that's probably when I realized that uh I was a perfectionist and that was ruining my ability to move any further in any kind of artistic way. Um, And yeah, so it was really nice. Like even, even right now, like I kind of don't like looking at it because I don't like looking at all the glue that (laughs) it left, you know, like that kind of stuff. But I really loved the actual experience. Um, I don't know. It was just very satisfying to my younger self. I feel like that is such a ex an excellent like reimagining on the resolution experience. Yeah. 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 There's so much more flexibility in that. Yeah. Love it. I agree. I agree. Um well. Well Laura. Katie. <laughs> we have uh <clears throat> we have an exciting guest. We do coming up. Uh, her name is Kate Kelly, and yes. she is an adoptee who actually yes. lives in China. And um, she will be talking about her life as a health coach. Nice. Um, focusing on helping adoptees. Yeah. So really excited to talk to her. Yes, we've got um, several others in the... Yeah, um, down the pike as well. Um, which we will check with them and get them scheduled. Mm-hmm. Um, but very looking much looking forward to talking with Kate and just getting her really unique perspective and um, yeah, chit chatting yeah. about all things wellness as we do here. So as we do, yeah. <laughs> so happy New Year, everyone! Thank you for being here. Um, we are wishing you the year that you need and want um and yeah we'll see you guys talk to you guys later okay bye bye